Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Welcome to the point after presented by Parks Casino. Is today your lucky day? Bet Parks by Brian Patton and Associates. It's all about the benefits. And by the Steelers Pro Shop. Get it direct from the team at shop.steelers.com. Alongside Craig Wolfley and Matt Williamson, I'm Rob King. Thanks very much for being with us on 102.5 DVE and Steelers Nation Radio. It is time for our look back segment brought to you by Brian Patton and Associates. It's all about the benefits. And we are looking back to a most disappointing 13 to 10 loss in Baltimore yesterday. Craig Wolfley, let's begin with you. Your thoughts on what you saw in Cleveland, which evidently was a more partisan crowd than we're used to. Uh, the Browns fans came out in in full throat and big support. They were huge, and they were masked, and they were many. <laughs> I mean, they were just uh, how do I, they were bloodthirsty. That the the overwhelming swelling crescendo of noise that came from there. I I haven't heard. I don't think I've heard it very often, such as it was. In all my years, this is a trip number 34, 35 into Cleveland for me. You know, and uh, by the way, I think this is only the third sunny weekend I've ever seen. In that <laughs> same time. But just saying, you know what I mean? But, uh, you know, I lived it was, there for a year and there was like yeah. three sunny weekends. There you go. <laughs> that was a year there every weekend. No, you're right, Matt. But the, the thing about it was, I think that they caught the Steelers um, on their heels. I thought that they, uh, they struck the first right hand, as Big George Foreman used to talk about. I thought it uh, put the Steelers back on their heels a little bit uh, for a period of time. And then they uh, seemed to right themselves and, and work their way out. But initially the first blow struck was by the Browns, and it was that first series when they got the sack on Kenny that ne- very nearly ended up being a safety. Yeah, 100%. I'm, I'm glad Wolf and you guys brought up the environment. I wasn't there, but it sure seemed like it influenced the game. Not that that can excuse some – Communication things, you know, 12 men on the field, timeouts, things of that nature. But it did seem like a hostile environment without question. And the results are not what we were after, of course. But isn't the game exactly how we thought it was going to (laughs) go? I mean, like, I don't think anyone thought it was going to be 35 to 30 with, you know, beautiful passing all over the field. Again, that's not excusing what the Steelers put out there, especially in the passing game. But that's what we all kind of thought we were going to get. First words out of Mike Tomlin's mouth. Exactly the kind of game we anticipated. You know, you brought up the boxing reference, and you you also brought it up when we were Mm -hmm. in the locker room talking to Max Starks this morning. And, you know, when I was watching the game, another boxing reference came to mind for me, and it was how I felt. I try to, you know, avoid what you're feeling, although sometimes what you're seeing can make you feel a certain way. From just, you know, maybe I had a bad piece of chicken or something, you know, and it made me feel bad or whatever. <laughs> but, you know, when they when they were getting ready for the second Ali-Liston fight and they moved it to Lewiston, Maine, and, and people that were at the fight just said it just had a bad feel to it, a bad vibe. Um, that was because there was gamblers and all kinds of weird stuff going on and was listing it. At the, but it just had a bad feel to it. I was thinking about that, that fight, another, another boxing analogy, as I was watching the first half, 
it just, to me, had a bad feel to it. Second play of the game, you're, you're using a timeout. You use another timeout before the first quarter's over. You use that timeout on defense, by the way. Use another timeout. And I know you're working about personnel grouping, but it just felt out of sync. It felt it felt bad. I couldn't think of any other way. It didn't no. it didn't feel like there was a chance to win the game to me. Just emotionally. I'm like, they're not gonna win this game. And then Jalen Warren had the, the long run. I'm like, hey, they might win this game. Mm-hmm. You know? See, capture that moment and that emotion that you're feeling. Now put that into the players when first of all you come out and you have the timeout, then you, you know, you get backed up, and then boom. All of a sudden, you give up that sack. Now, all of a sudden, you're sitting on your heels and you're going, oh, my gosh. you know. And you could tell there was a little bit of you know, guys uh, a little bit frazzled, a little bit. You know, you could tell they're running late in the clock, getting plays in and so forth. And for a period of time, it just looked like it had them a little bit sitting on their heels. Mm-hmm. And that's what I'm talking about. I know the mindset. And I know when you come off on that first couple of plays – and it doesn't go real well. No. Like you know, you you mess up and your guy makes a sack or whatever. You're kind of like a little unnerved for a moment because it's like this is a bad way to start, and it's only the beginning. Yeah, and keep with the boxing references. I mean, not only did they land the first blow, but the first, the whole first round was a series of bad blows. Like you said, I mean, the crowd, the environment, the results, both sides of the ball, and then you're down on the scoreboard and like, uh oh, you know, what are we doing here? And it felt like to me. Both of these offenses basically had the same approach. You know, we're not going to throw deep. We're going to kind of, you know, conservative here. Uh, punting's okay. We're going to protect our quarterback the best we possibly can in terms of play calling and style. But the Browns early on threw, like, the whole kitchen sink at the Steelers. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, they're doing different personnel groupings. They're rotating the ref- right tackle. I mean, it felt like ends arounds and reverses and flea flickers were just going to Anything they could throw at you. Wildcat. Wildcat. You know, I mean, right. anything you could think of was, you know, just to kind of get a, a leg up, and they did. Well, it's interesting, too, and I think this is a lot of fans might be listening right now, and there there, there seem to be little camps we're getting. Uh, we'll move from uh, we'll move from boxing to war now. You have little <laughs> camps, right? And and there are camps that are that are pro-Kenny Pickett and anti-Matt Canada. There are, pro, there are camps that are anti-Kenny Pickett. There are even some people, you know, how come Mike Tomlin is allowing this to happen, and so on and so forth? Um, but I think a lot of fans right now, Matt, might be listening to what you just said and said, "Well, that's kind of telling that the Steelers' offensive approach." And and again, let's take it out of context of the defense you're playing against mm-hmm. and the environment you're playing in. That people, are, fans, are going to be thinking, "Okay, well, we should be beyond the point." We, where we are playing our first-round pick quarterback in, say, his 20th game of his career, the same way the Browns are playing their fifth-round quarterback in the second start of his career. 100%, and that is concerning. There's no doubt about it. I, I don't think anyone can condone the way Kenny has played this season, but especially the last four games or so. Yeah, I mean, lay that stat on us, which I used, by the way, in the postgame show last night about what, the yardage he's thrown for in the last four games. Oh, I don't have it handy. 116.3, I believe it is. is right in that neighborhood. Yeah. I mean, it was a struggle to get to 100 yesterday. Yes. I mean, it was a struggle on the last, you know, Hail Mary-ish play to even get to 100. So the passing game isn't good enough. I mean, no matter – there's more to blame than just one guy, and it's not just Kenny. But I do see him turning down throws. I thought the protection was awful in this game. Mm-hmm. I thought their blitz pickup was horrendous. And one thing I'm going to fight you on a little bit, not, to, again, to excuse it, 
I do think that was the best defense in the league, though. Sure. That's what I said. You have to take out. Yeah. You have to take out the defense. And you have to take out the environment. And, of course, the Steelers would counter with, well, you can't take you out can't. the defense. I'm just saying what, what fans are thinking right now because we're in, a, we're in, I think, an emotional period for Steelers fans, right? I mean, this mm-hmm. this feels like, Wolf, and we talked about this a little bit in the locker room, it, this feels like more than one loss somehow. Well, um, I can understand having come out of Brownsville there a couple of times with losses on my own right as a player, you know, and you you hate leaving there feeling that way. It makes that bus ride so dead gum long on the way home. Uh, it really it does chap just chap you a little bit. But the fact of the matter was, look, they had every opportunity to win it. This wasn't a blowout. This wasn't anything that was. You know, to me, in my own mind, they slugged it out. They came up short because in the critical downs, and again, I go to the third downs. Third downs, if you don't make third downs, you're in trouble unless you can go 75 yards like Jalen Warren, all right? That's nice because then you go first down, don't worry about second, third, or fourth, okay? That's that's just beautiful stuff, but you don't get that very often. So in my mind, you know, it's just a factor of – you come out there and you came up short. You're going to have to go back and reload. But let me say this. There are still promising signs that are coming along. I mean, I could sit here and I know people want to sit there and go, oh, you're, you're being, you know, you're just kind of like trying to pull the daisies up there and, you know, be happy about it. No. But I see things that are happening that I take a Landon Roberts. What a great game he had. What a great game when you're down some people, a pair, a pair in, the, in the inside there. And what a great game. I could go on and name some other stuff, but the fact is they came up short. It was a, a, a doggone tough fight. It was it was a brutal. If you heard that noise level, I'm telling you what, when you're down on that field and you got a hair trigger like Miles Garrett sitting outside you, you know, maybe a, a, a player removed, that that will lead to some very close calls when you go down the silent count. Yeah, and the the reason I said what I said, Matt, about the this feeling like more than one loss yeah, is because yeah. When you go six and three, and you're the first team in NFL history to have a winning record, and you're outgained in all nine games, when the eye test is telling you we're not moving the ball enough, uh, we're winning by a formula that has the slenderest of margins, and we've won nine in a row like that. But evidently, you know, eventually, even with Mike Tomlin's success in games like that over the course of his career, that's gonna, you know, it might, you know, even out a little bit, even if it doesn't even out all the way. Sure. If it even out, evens out a little bit. Well, that that just tells you there's some losses coming. And so, you know, when you lose a game like this, I think for the people that saw the team go six and three but didn't buy in because of the way they were winning and because of the lopsided losses they had in two of their three losses. Um, and even Jacksonville was one sided statistically mm-hmm. more than it was in the scoreboard. I think people will look at this and say, aha. Uh, this loss is the manifestation of my fears. And so that's why you almost take, you almost appropriate some of those wins and make them feel like losses, um, even though it's only one loss in the in the win and loss column. Yeah, it's such a week-to-week league. You know, I mean, that, yes, we all overreact on Mondays, good, bad, ugly, no matter what. And I do think what you said was really well said in that a lot of people are looking at this team going, it's not sustainable. You know, 6-0 and in one-score games really wasn't sustainable. You're bound to come back to earth in a tight one for sure. I mean, that's why they're one-score games because they're evenly, you know, evenly matched teams for much of the game. But I do think there's more overreaction than there should be today. I mean, 
isn't this the game we expected to happen? I picked a 16-13 win by the Steelers. I, mean, I thought there would be a lot of field goals, a lot of struggles to get first downs, things of that nature, which is exactly what it was. I do think the better team won, but I don't think all of a sudden, ah, I told you so, this team stinks, is the right answer. <laughs> yeah. Know? Well, Charlie Batch picked 13-10. to 10. He also picked the okay. Steelers winning, so he got the score right. And that is a good point. Um, but, again, it's emotional. It's it Monday. Is. This is the this is the way things are are going to be. This is the reaction there's there's going to be among fans mm-hmm. when you lose a game like this. You know, to a backup quarterback making a second start because you know what Steelers fans are doing. And let's face it, some of the players probably are too. You're like, okay, let me get that number two pencil out. Okay, we're six and three. Well, here's a backup quarterback. That's seven and three. There's a backup quarterback. That's mm-hmm. eight and three. Now we have the Patriots and we have the Cardinals and there's ten wins and. Colts. Holy mackerel! Yeah. yeah, the Colts, and look at us go. Um, well, you still got to play the game on Sunday. <laughs> right? Know? Can I say this? You know what the players are thinking? I got 24 hours to get over this thing. Then I got to lock right. and load yeah, and get yeah. ready for the next one. That's yeah. what it is, right? You know, because you've got no alternative. There's nowhere to run. There's nowhere to hide. And there's nobody coming in from the east on a white horse that's going to help you. All right, it's all about you reload. You got to get it done when you identify the factors that are keeping you from putting up more points. And I'm sorry, I'm not one of those guys about style points and winning ugly. Listen, man, I know what winning ugly is. I married my beautiful bride of 30 years, 30 years ago. Convincing her to marry me, that's that's winning ugly, buddy, okay? <laughs> you know, so when you talk about style points, forget about it. If you get one more point, I know you want to talk about it's not sustainable. Listen, nothing's always sustainable. You know, but you you just enter into the game and you fight for each and every win. It's like Cam Hayward said when he uttered the immortal words, uh, the heck with. I'll, I'll like uh, paraphrase it. Yeah. You know, the heck with it. I know how hard we work. You know what I mean? And that's what it is. It's the men in the locker room. It's how hard they're laying it out there. They let it out there hard this past weekend. That was full on as much gas as they could put in there. And it was, it came up a little short, but that's. That's what the NFL is. Well, and as I've said before, I'd rather win ugly than lose pretty. Absolutely. You know? of course. Yeah. Unless I'm on the golf course. I want you to look good out cute, there. Huh? Yeah. <laughs> I wanna, hey, you look good out there. No, no, no I'm, I'm kidding. Um, you, 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 uh, no, you want to win no matter what it is. It's on the golf course, uh, on the NFL, when you're, when you're playing, you know, I used to say, I, I, I was equated that, you know, I played a lot of pickup basketball over the years. You get into the gym and you know the guys and you choose up teams and you look around and you say, you don't say to yourself, boy, I'm going to score a lot of points. You say, how can our team win? What do we need to do to win? Right? Mm-hmm. Like winning is ultimately what you do. And as a player, you have to have that mentality. Now, we have a, a former player, we have a, a scout, um, and Matt, and uh, we have whatever the heck I am in the room. <laughs> And and so we're trying to you know look at both sides of it and and I love the player's perspective I think you have to have that perspective I don't care how you win you win but you also you know you are looking for signs that hey and we were we were all hoping that we we're going to see signs that at this time of the year mm-hmm. it was going to be getting better and offensively it's hard to make that case it is well passing game running game yeah, yeah, yeah running right, game right, looks right. great. The passing game is very, very, very problematic. There's just no way around that. The running game to me is, I don't want to say fixed. I don't think anything in this sport or this this league ever gets fixed. Fixed for now. For now. I mean, <laughs> right. Again, it's week to week. But I love the way they run the ball. And, boy, 
you know, Wolf mentioned Roberts. I mean, that was a great bright spot, but nothing brighter than Jalen Warren out there. I mean, Jalen yeah. Warren's quickly turning into a star. I mean, not just a, oh, that's a nice story for an undrafted free agent. He's turning into a star. So the running game to me is in a fine spot. The passing game needs to be evaluated at all levels, without question. I mean, Kenny's under pressure way too much. I didn't see many um, adjustments in terms of the blitzes and stuff. You saw a lot of the same blitzes getting home. Frankly, the Browns are just better up front than the Steelers, and they're better than just about any offensive line up front. Kenny's turning down too many throws. He's not accurate enough. There were certainly some communication errors between him and receivers where I'm not on the same page. I'm putting that in quotes. You know, One guy runs one way and the ball goes the other, and that mm-hmm. makes him look terrible, but it's not always him. I don't understand why Fryermuth isn't being used more. One throw between the numbers, I mean, you can't win that way going forward. So there's a lot to critique with the passing game. But, <laughs> yeah, it should be better. But how are you going to get it better? Like Wolf said, go to work tomorrow. You get 24 hours to relax, go to work, and see if you can make it better against the Bengals. But there are problems. Well, that is the elephant in the room. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of meat in the bone of that elephant. Mm-hmm. And we're going to attack that elephant. elephant. Quite with a little, the yeah. three carnivores and Justin, <laughs> our producer with 0% body fat is over he here. Vegan? Yeah, we're vegan? All, we're all going to. We're going to attack that. Uh, We're going to be looking at that offensive passing game. What comes up next when we continue on The Point After on Steelers Nation Radio and 102.5 DVE. This is The Point After presented by Parks Casino. Is today your lucky day? Bet Parks by Brian Patton and Associates. It's all about the benefits. And by the Steelers Pro Shop. Get it direct from the team at shop.steelers.com. Thanks for being with us for The Point After. Alongside Craig Wolfley and Matt Williamson, I'm Rob King. Okay, so uh, the passing game. We'll get to the good parts, but let's get let's just, let's just dive right in. Because the, I'm going to set you up this way, Wolf. The team goes 7-2 and two after the break last year. They're running the football. They're not really making too many plays down the field. They're not turning it over. What are all the media types over in this side of the room here? I'm looking across the table at Craig Wolfley, sitting next to Matt Williamson. We're all saying, how can this be improved upon? This is not sustainable. This is not going to be good enough to challenge the top teams in the league. Therefore, we need to press the ball down the middle of the field. We need to or attack the middle of the field, press the ball down the the, uh, the field because, as Matt pointed out, what fewest fewest are among the fewest big plays in the in the uh, in the passing game last year in the league by the Steelers? Oh, last year, yeah. Their, yeah. their explosives were really poor. Yeah. Right, right, yeah. Right. yeah. Worst or among the worst in the league, right? So we need more of that. So they work on it in Latrobe. They work on it in the preseason. We see it in the preseason. Five drives, five touchdowns. It's going in the right direction. You win the toss against the 49ers. You're so confident it's going in the right direction. You say, we're, we're going to take the ball, <laughs> right? And then... Now we're here, and all that's just gone in a puff of smoke. It's just gone. Uh, all that attack the middle of the field, attack down the field, make big plays. We saw a couple big plays early in the season. It's gone. Where'd it go? Well, I wouldn't say everything's gone. You still get explosives. I mean, just mm-hmm. Jalen Warren. All right? I'm talking but about in the passing game. I, yeah, yeah. I understand. Okay. I want to get back to Jalen Warren, and I do. Right. I do, but, but I, me, I just want to address this. I'm sorry, I, can't, I can't separate from <clears throat> okay. when you say explosives. It's running, passing, what have you, returns, and you know whatever. To me, in my mind, that's you know that's all about the explosives. I understand you want to if you regulate it only to the passing game, 
that's a problem. That's an issue. You're going to have to attempt it. But one of the issues has been you've not had the big three. That would be Deontay Johnson and, and Pickens and Fryermuth all together on the field. Until this week. Yes, until right. this week. And if you thought it was going to be, uh, uh, you know, Pat step on there and, and all of a sudden this passing game is going to be, you're crazy. It, it doesn't work that way. you got to get back into it. I mean, I watched Pat. Pat took a screen pass. You know, one of the first things he did, he stumbled. You know, he had fresh legs. He's excited. I got the ball. I'm turning north and south, and then you trip over the grass monster a little bit. <laughs> you know, and that sort of thing, it, it takes a little time to get your sea legs back. That's why, you know, you can't, if you're boxing, you got to get in the ring and spar. You got to knock off the ring rust, and then you go out, and you got to have fight and go for real. But it's all part of getting back to and ramping up to speed, a game speed. So the fact is, I think there, it's going to take continued work. Where else are they going to go? I mean, you got to you got to hang with this. And the other thing that that will help so much, we saw the screen game and how important that is to the Steelers. That screen game can be huge. There were on a couple occasions they were just one block away from real big damage done to the Browns. You know, there are there is that caveat that's kind of floating in the corner of my mind, and you, and you brought it up, and I'm glad you did. Um, you know, the Steelers we know. Um, there's not a ton of depth at the receiving positions, tight end and wide receiver. There's not. So part of me wants to think that maybe the reasons they weren't attacking the field in a different way, you lose Deontay Johnson midway through that game against the 49ers. And since that time, from that time where he got injured until this time, you're now relying on a second-year receiver. Um, and then Fryermuth gets hurt. Now you're relying on a – tight end who you love what he can do, what Darnell Washington can do down the line. He's a guy that you figure is a guy who can block at the NFL level, is going to learn the intricacies of receiving. Two, three years from now, he's going to give you a, a tremendous, maybe even next year, soon, going to give you a tremendous tandem at tight end, but not quite ready. So does that excuse a little bit? And I say excuse sounds like excuses, but does that explain perhaps, Matt, a little bit, the reticence to do what they were doing when everybody was healthy in the preseason. And then, okay, you got everybody back. Great. As you said, Wolf, knock off some game rust. And let's try this against somebody other than the best defense in the league at their place in front of a raucous crowd. Yeah, and I'm not going to excuse anything, but I do want to explain some things. First of all, Yesterday was a perfect example. They've faced the most difficult slate of defenses of any offense in the league this year. And I think the one they played yesterday is number one in the whole league, plus the environment. Okay. Mm -hmm. Now, I was on the radio at training camp every practice for three hours a day. You know, And it's hard to fill three hours a day, but we watched every practice. We talked so much about in-breaking routes and creating explosives. To Wolf's point, I think they've they've created explosives throughout the 2023 season – Run pass, however, much better than last year. And watching those practices and being on the air, so many more in-breaking routes from Pickens, certainly Robinson and Washington, red zone, stuff that they they were working on the right things. And then going into the Niner game, I I said over and over and over, okay, I think this offense, and it showed in the preseason, they're going to have a lot more in-breaking routes. They're going to have more explosive concepts. But it's not going to happen against the Niners, folks, because Fred Warner's out there, and don't don't hold the Niner game. Long, I mean, it's so hard to attack in the middle of the field. Exactly, so hard to attack. And this Browns team is probably right there with the Niners in terms of attacking the middle of the field. 
and I'm just explaining some things that I think is in their head because all they care about is winning the game, not we need to get better on the stat sheet. We need Matt's stats to look better. Exactly. You know, we don't care one exactly. bit or your fantasy team. They yes. don't care about any of that stuff. <laughs> right. yes. Or even what's Kenny going to do or Darnell Washington three years from now. How can we win this game? How can we win this game? Right. You have to get in their head. And like the Titan game to me, everything was sideways. But I really believe Kenny's ribs were a massive problem, and they did not want him getting hit time and time again and holding the football. So the ball came out ridiculously quick into the flats. Okay, and you won. You know, and I, I mentioned Robinson. I mentioned Washington. I like both those players, but I think right now at the different stages of their career, both of them as a tight end and wide receiver respectively are more of an asset in the run game than the passing game. But you're winning, so keep doing it. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, sure. I, I don't really fault the approach. I fault the execution in this game. And the opponent had a lot to do with it. Wolf. What have we been saying since game one, though? I'm sorry. Most, 80% of it is execution. Mm-hmm. 80%. You know, I understand you want, you know, offensive coordinators, defensive coordinators, what have you. Coaches make decisions. They do, you know, personnel, all those things. But at the same time, it always comes down to the guys across the white line. When you walk out there and they call a play in the huddle, which, again, this is, I know, I'm an old guy. I'm a, <laughs> I'm as old as dirt, all right? <laughs> Maybe one day older than water, two days older than dirt. But the fact <laughs> is, you know, you, you go out there and they call a play in the huddle. Your identity for the moment is that play. Yeah. That's what you it is. One job or you got or... one job. That's You micromanage Whatever is going on in your life right there by one, mm-hmm. and it's that one play, and you got one-eleventh of that play, and whatever the result of your one-eleventh says everything about you. The the whole group of 11s coming together, that's what it says about your unit, You know whether it's successful or not. If everybody does their unit, their, their one-eleventh, uh, I get into fractions, I get lost. <laughs> but, you know, then you've got, you've got an opportunity to have success, and that's, to me – that's the quintessential way that an offense and defense is built from the ground up. By the way, I talked a lot about basketball and just failed to execute a two-foot toss into the garbage. I, I saw that. I, the rim, yeah. I went off rail, and it just uh, – I went backboard, and it just it donked. And it, Rolled I'm, around I'm the rim a little it on, bit, Yeah, there's yeah. too much paper in there. I'm blaming it on the paper. The best part is if you, <laughs> ever, played, you ever played basketball <laughs> with a wrestler, their layups, oh, their no. layups can, can bounce out to half court. No, <laughs> yeah. No That's fun at touch. all. They, they don't, yeah, they did. If somebody ever, if I was ever playing pickup and someone was like, yeah, I had a wrestling background, I'm like, oh no, man. Because oh, right. it just lunge at you really quickly and like butt their head into your midsection. And <laughs> yeah. oh, geez, it's, yeah. they're, and they're to, super quick and they're low and they're, ah, you know. And fun to fight for rebounds. <laughs> yeah, 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 right. Yeah. Yeah. And if whatever you're doing, it doesn't hurt them. No, right? no. Yeah, that's for sure. So, okay, so let's, uh, let's move off that because I, I think you guys, uh, unless there's anything else you want to add about the, the lack of passing game, have we covered it here? Or? One thing I would throw out though yep. that to defend coaches, is there's nothing coaches hate more than we think we're getting cover two. I call a cover two beater. It's there, and they don't throw it. And that's something we'll never know. But I do think there's a lot of that going on the last couple of games and season where if a guy's open, the ball has to come out. For sure. And if you miss the throw because Miles Garrett's crashing into you, I can understand that. But when, the, when we spend 100 hours as a coaching staff – for this moment, cover two, cover two beater, I'm just using that example, and you don't throw it, that's a problem. And right. if that's happening time and time again, that needs to be addressed. And to reiterate, we don't know. 
We we'll never will. And only we we never don't know. I mean, yeah. you know, look, uh, Mike Tomlin's very comfortable playing close games. He's got a great record in close games. We've seen the team have success using the formula of running the football, throwing it a little bit, not turning it over. Um, you know, so is that what he wants? Is 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 Matt Canada calling the right plays? Does he have the right schemes? Is Kenny Pickett not performing? You know, and and one thing I will say is you know, I don't know how the coaches feel about this either. Nobody, no coach has thrown Kenny under the bus. And for that, mm. I mean, I you'll see some comments around the league where coaches will throw players under the bus. I mean, you have to be, you want to be honest, but I don't, not a big fan. Not a big fan. Yeah, not you, a big fan of, of, of coaches throwing team players under no, the bus. No, not a fan and of that. I said this this morning, it's a dangerous time right now. In that locker room, you got to keep it in the locker room, right? And in in again, in the Three Rivers locker room, on every wall there was a sign that said, "What you see here, what you say here, what you do here stays here when you leave here." And I believe in that totally because mm-hmm. the sanctity of the locker room, of keeping your business inside, should be between the players and the coaches, and that's it. And that's how you form a foundation to move forward. When nobody's sitting there trying to look to point fingers, but saying, "Okay, we have a problem. We're not winning. Uh, you know, we're not winning enough." However, well, let's fix it. How do you fix it? Get on a practice field and you start winning your one eleventh. So I did want to point out um, the rather obvious and uh, you know not a popular thing to say in Pittsburgh, but man, is Miles Garrett good? I mean, holy oh, mackerel! Yeah. Oh, I mean, you know, right from the opening, his his. Fingerprints were all over that game, right from the very opening play in which I thought it was a safety. I'm I'm surprised he didn't challenge uh, the sack of Kenny Pickett. Um, listen, man, this guy. Uh, we we all have a, a a a not warm place in our bellies for him because of you know him ripping off, you know uh, Mason Rudolph's helmet and yeah. trying to hit him over the head with it. Um, he's never going to be a fan favorite in in Pittsburgh, but guy can play football. There's no question he can play football. I mean, you knew that going in. And yet, I still say I take I take T.J. Watt any day. Oh yeah, no, I'm not, I'm not trying. I'm not. I'm not comparing him. I'm just saying I'm, he. I'm, he I, I, I am. I am because okay. I'm saying I, I'll go. I'll take T.J. and go in there. No doubt about it. But I, it's not to to put down Miles Garrett. He is he is a terrific talent. Okay, so so I, I'll say I, I was reading. I, I don't know if it was the Athletic or I don't want to besmirch the operation that wasn't writing it. But they're talking about midseason awards. They're like, okay, well, the defensive player of the year definitely comes down to either Miles Garrett. Or Micah Parsons. I'm, yeah. Wait, what? <laughs> How does right. T.J. Watt not even get it? I mean, first of all, I think he should be leading the conversation. That's what I think. Yep. But secondly, to not even be in it, to just dismiss him as he's not in it, that's... That's ludicrous to me. It's ludicrous. Right, right, right. Thank you. That's the right word. Uh, however, I do think it's interesting because these teams are rivals. It's a, a bus ride. They both were drafted the same year. They're both elite edge players. For yep. sure. And frankly, in head-to-head competition, TJ's been the better player than Garrett when the Browns played the Steelers. I do think there's a misconception in this town that, ah, that guy's overrated. He's not that great. Yeah, like, no, he's not. You're no. nuts. No, he, no, he's, he's not. unbelievable. Yeah. He, he is unbelievable. And there were some positives coming out of the game. Yeah. Um, and for the Steelers, and we can talk a little bit more. I, I want to get more into Jalen Warren, but um, I thought once again, Joey Porter Jr., I just love the way they're playing him. I love the what, the, what he does. I thought he got a very bad um, you know, defensive holding or interference call. I thought that was, I thought that was a, a bad call. Um, and I think Cooper, 
kind of had a couple veteran things on him with the very first completion of the game. He kind of got his left hand up on Porter's left shoulder pad and kind of pulled off him just to create a little bit of room. Kind of a, listen, that, that, hey, great move by Cooper. But I think Joey Porter Jr. has stood up extremely well in coverage. That That's just my – I mean, he, he's becoming one of those guys where you're like, hey, man, good luck. Um, you know, Because he's getting the most difficult tasks. He's getting the most difficult tasks. I, I think he's been super impressive. I 100% agree. And did Cooper get the better of him a fair amount? Absolutely. I mean, but that happens in this league. I mean, being a corner – that's why he's you're getting paid win. $3 billion. He was a right. fifth pick in the draft a couple, you know, 10, eight years ago, and he's been he's a million yards in the league. He's not the best receiver in the league, but he's not far off. He's right. a, you know, a, a great player that's a focal point of their offense. And I, I think Porter is learning on the job as well as any rookie could be expected to. I think he's doing terrific. Yeah. Man, he's yeah. just got to gotta grit. You got to bite your teeth, you know, bite down on your teeth a little bit. Remember. The calls a lot of times go against the rookies. When you get mm-hmm. two, three, four, and you start building up a reputation, then the referees are kind of like, oh, that's okay, that's okay, that's so-and-so. Right. You know, it, it, it tends to go a little bit different. That's so-and-so. Yeah. No, know. that's so-and-so, not that so-and-so. <laughs> yeah, okay. That's... Real quick, too, ref note. I don't think this was a poorly ref game. Oh, but, please, wait a minute. I, but you one, better be talking about Highsmith. I was going to say, at the end of the day, the Browns only committed one one penalty for 10 yards. I found that a little fishy to me. I'm just saying it's not the only reason. Okay, they lost, if we're but... gonna gripe here, let's gripe about <laughs> Alex Highsmith. I can't believe he got called for that. Oh, I thought that was horrible too. That was yeah. unbelievable that you could call that. I mean, What's you I know you right? go by the strict sense of the rule. Well, a face mask hit a face mask or something. What could you ask more of a defensive lineman? Jumping in the air, trying to get him to pull the ball down, sacking the quarterback, hitting him while he's throwing, and then being able to pull away and, pull not away and land yeah. on the ground next yeah. to the quarterback. What more could you possibly want from a guy? To me, that was just so – you want to talk about ludicrous? That was the epitome of ludicrous. Steelers lose by the final score of 13-10 to 10 with the loss. The Browns improved to 7-3. and three. The Steelers drop to 6-4. and four. Much more on this game and maybe a little sneak peek forward to the Bengals when we continue on The Point After on Steelers Nation Radio on 102.5 DVE. The point after presented by Parks Casino is today your lucky day. Bet Parks by Brian Patton and Associates. It's all about the benefits. And by the Steelers Pro Shop. Get it direct from the team at shop.steelers.com. Okay, so uh, one of my notes was uh, JPJ is good. We've handled that, right? Uh, he's yeah. um, So uh, let me ask, let me throw one more young defender out there, Keanu Benton. And, you know, um, there are plays in which a, a, you'll see a flash of movement. Like when Ryan Chazier was linebacking for the Steelers and there was like, the guy's running, looks like a hole, and then there's like a flash of movement and the guy goes down. You're like, well, that had to be Chazier. You didn't even have to see who it was, right? You just knew who it was. On the Steelers' defensive line, that guy to me is Cam Hayward. Like flash and boom, there's Cam Hayward and the guy goes down. He's running along. Oh, wait a minute, now he's down. What happened? Uh, Cam happened, you know? Uh, Keanu Benton had a tackle. I was watching the game, the, watching the first half of my son, and he and it was one of those corner of your eye kind of things. He was like, "He's was that Cam?" And I was like, "No, I think that was Benton." I mean, he's he can. That's a big man who can move. Um, that one play really caught my eye, but it, he keeps catching my eye. 
No question about it. And I love his low pad level. I love his ability to use his hands at such a young age. I mean, when he clubs, he clubs. People move. Thick bodies move. And he's one of these guys that can hold a point. He gets down there, and I mean, <laughs> he looks like he enjoys the violence of the trenches. You know, and if you don't love that sort of stuff, it's a bad place to be. But if you do love that sort of thing, there is no place better than to play that nose tackle position because he's in the thick of it with big bodies all the way around. Think about it. He was up against Posick, Teller, and Batonio. That's as good a threesome in the league on the inside there. And he more than held his own. You look at these guys, and again, Landon Roberts, you want to talk about a downhill bang? This guy here. I, I can't even say how how impressed I was with some of his work on Sunday. Wolf and I were interviewing Vince Williams. Um, okay. Wonderful guy. Oh, great yeah. guy. Soft-spoken. And I was asking him how he got into football. Off the field. <laughs> yeah, how he got into football. And he, he said, basically, it was the one place where he was allowed to hit people and not get in trouble. He's yeah, like, right, So right. I can hit little Johnny as hard as I want. And they're like, not only that, we'll, we'll clap you on the back for it. He's like, sign me up. <laughs> Might give you a scholarship for it and pay you well. Yeah, <laughs> if you do it well that was, enough, that, right. that was the alumni weekend we were talking exactly. to Vince in the Steelers Nation radio. But uh, I'm sorry, your thoughts on, on Keanu Benton? Uh, 100% of everything that Wolf just said. A couple things I want to throw out in addition to – when you watch his Wisconsin tape, sometimes he would get his pads high, and that's when he would get neutralized. When And you see it less and less and less at the pro level. I mean, there would be one out of three snaps. You're like, ah, he came out of his stance kind of high, and he's just hand fighting. You know, he's like driving off the ball. And then the other thing, which you were talking about, was it's almost like to it. You know, like to it sometimes. Would be yes, like, absolutely. You're like, was that Cam or to it? Yes, I'm not exactly sure. Right. Right. No, he right. was I mean, one of those guys for sure. I loved Stefan to No it, doubt. Oh, was and he a good like to it. You couldn't have a better mentor of running to the football practice habits than Hayward. I mean, right. it works out really well for the young man. Yep. From, so, yeah. so that was impressive. And then, um, you know, just touched on it earlier, but we got to go to it again. I mean, Jalen Warren, um, if you can trust my math, last three games, 35 carries, 318 yards. That's 9.1 yards a carry. I mean, he is just impressive. He's in, he's produced 368 total yards in the last three games, 368 as a part time. He only he's had nine backup. carries last week. He's right, a right, right. I mean, right. He's, that's it's ridiculous. And um, 8.6 yards per touch in the last three games. <laughs> I mean, one of them came on a super long one. 40, so 43 touches. So, so he's got the ability to break a super long one. Exactly. You know, and he does um, it consistently. He's near the top of the league in explosive runs. I mean, not to mention people don't look at him in this light. He's great in protection Absolutely. and loves it yep. and loves it. Yep. And I know I'm a nerd about this stuff, but his receiving metrics, like his underlying metrics, like yards per route run, they're like first or second in the league. You know, it's like him and Christian McCaffrey. <laughs> I mean, he's yeah. a phenomenal player. I don't he's have not- to. Well, it's it's interesting. I was listening to your, your podcast and you're talking about him beginning to emerge with some of these numbers as not just a good story, Cute, not just a good player. Guy, right, yeah. right, right, right. Th- this is becoming more than that. This guy's like becoming a wep- like a, a legitimate, maybe star-level player right in front of us. I be- I'm starting to believe that. I used to think, boy, he's a really good compliment to Najee. And this has nothing to do with Najee. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying if you isolate Warren, what he brings to the game, not just once in a while, but like on a, every snap or r- a route run perspective – I think he might be a top ten running back in the league right now. There's no question. Yeah, I mean, he's really guy. something. I mean, he's think about all the tackles he ghosts people on. Yeah, all the arm tackles he runs through, all the times that he puts the shoulder down, not the helmet, 
puts the shoulder down, and runs behind those pads. I mean, this guy is, is 5'8", 215 pounds. He's mostly uh, thighs and thigh boards, you know. And and when he gets behind those pads, he is a tough guy to tackle. And you got to love the fact, it's hard to find him behind those big hogs. And he's just so combative. Like, we could, we, yeah. we talked about boxing a little bit. Like, you get the feeling, like, if he could stop, and a close, it's gonna be it's gonna be tackle. If you could drop the football, like fight the guy, and then pick the football back up, he would do it. I mean, he's out there yeah. hitting he guys on and that shoving one. him and pushing him. Him, him and, and uh, who was it? It was uh, was it Newsom or I was Delpit? say Denzel Ward maybe. Well, but, what, he, yeah. the one where he broke to his left and ended up going across the field towards the out of bounds, and it, it's a it's a battle of stiff arms between him and whoever was trying to bring him down, and they're like pumping each other with you know left and right arms, and it was it was terrific. It was a great battle. But I love the way the kid battles, and I think he's he might have learned a lot of that from Najee, yeah. you know, because Najee again, you know, is is a, is a battler. But right now, Jalen Warren has got a hot hand, and I think he's got to see more of the pigskin. Yeah, I mean, everyone has the conversation. He's better than Najee, blah 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 blah. I don't even care about that. I have nothing. No. I don't care about what Najee's doing. I just know that that guy needs the ball a lot. <laughs> you know, he's really good. Right, and he had twelve touches yesterday. You would think that would hopefully continue to go up because it has been small doses. Um, will it be more? And again, you know, there was a couple things and we look at this game again, and it feels like an extension of things that people are prejudiced about that happened earlier in the season. You know, Matt Canada came out in the last two, his designs in the last two weeks prior to this one and scored touchdowns, right? Touchdown, touchdown, opening drive and did some things that I that I really liked, and I, I thought that, you know, trying to get you know picking some early touches at times, trying to get Deontay some early touches. Now I want to see can can you get into a flow and a rhythm? And I don't care to your point, Wolf, if it's over the middle, under the middle, to the side. Can you find a way early in the game, without sacrificing the run game, to get Pickens and Fryermuth and Deontay? A touch somewhere, somehow, some way. What game was that? Well, they got they ran Pickens on a reverse. You know, they're trying to do different ways to get these guys involved and keep them involved. Can you do that schematically? Now you're talking about an offensive line because that's such a huge part of it. Obviously, the running game. Can you do that and still keep that run flow going as an offensive lineman? Sacrifice a play to get a get Pickens a touch, Deontay a touch, Fryermuth a touch. Well, I, I don't think there's any question you can. You know, and it starts with play action. And play action starts with running the ball well. You know, once you start cracking that thing and, and, and guys are getting lit up on the uh, offensive line, uh, on the defensive line by the offensive line coming off the ball and rolling them back, you know, you make them have to go through their run reads. And that's, that's what you want. Now you just suck them in with that play action. There was nothing better than play action. I as a guard. I loved it. Because you get in that hunched down stance, you, you, you kind of start, you know, flexing your arms and make it look like you're going to, Tee off right away, you know, and you get those guys going. Oh, oh, oh here we go. We're gonna. And I, I've even had conversations that not me and my, you know, my part, but Matt Millen. You know, he go, oh, Wolfie, it looks like you're coming off on a nice little block, you know. And you give him that look, and then, boy, you come off pow, and then you just pull up, and then you throw it over the top of him, and it's a beautiful thing. And I think that is something you can do. And the screen games again, the screen games are huge. There was a couple like the first screen where Kenny just didn't get it over the guy who blitzed up the middle. Uh, Jalen didn't check the guy. I don't know whether he's supposed to or not, but he slid out and the guy got a hand up and batted the ball away. 
But that thing was set up for a big play. And there was another screen that would have gone to. Another acting. So it's like the envelope, please. The uh, yeah. offensive lineman for best actor, Craig Wolfley. <laughs> well, Chuck would always say, be an actor. Be an actor. Make him think you're going to, you know, make him think it's a pass. You know, you set up everybody, you know, da-da-da. And then, then he'd say, Wolfley, just do what you do. <laughs> so, you know. Just I guess, go ahead and get beat. <laughs> I guess. Oh, no, nah, that wasn't going to happen. Come on now. So I guess, Matt, when I look at this, um, and again, uh extenuating circumstances, not excuses, right? You have your full yeah, con- are- you have your full complement of players. You're going into the road again, another hostile environment in Cincinnati this coming week. Um, not the same caliber of defense. No. Uh, I do love their two middle linebackers. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Wilson and Pratt, although Wilson now is getting in a lot of trouble for that hip drop tackle. Um, but he not and Pratt. Not illegal yet. Not illegal yet. Yeah, he and right. Pratt can really run and really hit. Um, they might make the middle of the field more difficult to attack. I don't mm-hmm. know. I don't know schematically where or statistically where the where the Bengals rank. But if you think, okay, well, part of the problem may have been that we didn't have all these guys together. Now we have them all together. This is the unit we were working on. All these things with in Latrobe and in the preseason, and we haven't had them since you know uh, midway through that 49ers game when Deontay Johnson went down with an injury. Now we're not facing the top defense in the league. Um, could this be maybe the beginning of what we were expecting to see X amount of you know weeks ago, 10 weeks ago or whatever, and there were just too many detours on the highway to, to get to this point? Possibly. I mean, I think yesterday was the highest hurdle to get over without question. And I'm not fighting you, but it's November. I mean, 31 other offenses don't have all their guys either. No, you know no, what I no, mean? no, yeah, no. I, I, I totally agree with you, man. Yeah, I'm, I mean, I'm being devil's advocate a little bit here. Yeah, yeah I mean, so – and they are pretty healthy right now. So health isn't an excuse at this point by by any stretch, but we know injuries are all rampant across the league. The the homework I've done on the Bengals, which is uh, stage three of 10 or whatever, is they allow a lot of explosives. Their linebackers are very good. I do know their defensive coordinator, Amarumo, whose name I never pronounce well, is a very, very good schemer. They're very physical defensive front. I mean, their ends are bigger than most ends. They, they're very stout. Hubbard and Hendrickson. Yeah, right? yep. absolutely. Two good players for They've sure. They've both been banged up. But they have two new safeties. They've allowed a lot of explosives this year, and the offense hasn't helped them a lot. They've been on the field quite a bit too. So uh, I think this Bengals defense can be had. It, it's an easier challenge than yesterday for sure. Right, and yeah. maybe you can get back to, Wolf, what you were doing before, which is, again, even if we're not going to see – and I don't think we're going to see 300 yards passing, right? Mm-hmm. What did you say? 4-0 when they get 200 yards, when Kenny has 200 yards passing? 200, so, yeah. so they may get they may get to that level. But can you get back to, um, you know, maybe winning the time of possession battle? And again, a lot of that has to do with running the football. But, you know, give your defense a break. Play that complimentary football again, which you did for a couple of weeks. And again, tough challenge against the Browns, but you didn't get it done either. No, you didn't get it done. And you realize that and recognize and and now you got to go about the, the the process of rebuilding that and going forward with it. Look, it's of course it can happen. It can happen any time. I mean, this is the thing that players think about. They don't think about well, you know, it, it maybe in two or three weeks. But no, I mean, if once you've done it before, you can do it again. And I I really think that the players are taking an attitude where they understand where they're at. They understand they got this defense is is doing a great job. The offense. 
they got to come along and do some things to help them out a little bit. But again, once they get that footing back, that that run game going, man, there's so many good things that occur when you run the ball and consistently run the ball and physical punishment dished out. Um, it's great, and I'll tell you what, if if there's ever more of an enticement to um, win a game, uh, seeing the Escaloser in action, you know, at that stadium, it's a mighty wonderful thing to see. Yeah, see the Bengals leaving uh, that huge, <laughs> oh, huge yeah. elevator, uh, yeah, elevator. they have in the background, and it, it just. Matt, quickly, this just looms as, you know, you've dropped the 6-4 and four now. The Bengals are 5-5. Five and five. It just feels like the loser of this game is going to be in some – you just went from the 5th seed to the 7th seed, the Steelers. The Bengals are fighting for their playoff lives. Right? Oh, the this Bengals is are in big trouble. This is a right. huge game for them. But the Steelers, man, you know, if, if you lose now, you're you're both 6-5. and five. Absolutely. It's a very pivotal game, especially the division you're in, the conference you're in, tiebreakers, all those type of things. Um, you can't keep dropping division games, especially against backup quarterbacks. I mean, this isn't Burrow and Chase and all those guys, too. I mean, you, you got a little fortunate with who you get to play in this one, too. So, uh, Steelers and the Bengals coming up on Sunday following the Steelers' losses past Sunday in Cleveland. Final score in that one was 13-10. to For the most complete selection of Steelers merchandise from official sideline gear and authentic memorabilia to our extensive selection of jerseys and terrible towels, visit one of the official Steelers Pro Shop stores located at Acrisure Stadium. Grove City Premium Outlets or Tanger Outlets, or visit us online at shop.steelers.com for all your Steelers merchandise needs directly from the team. For Craig Wolfley, Matt Williamson, I'm Rob King. Thanks for listening to The Point After on Steelers Nation Radio and 102.5 DVE. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA.